this guy called me. He had a peacock that he wanted mounted, all fanned out. And it was when I just got into taxidermy. And the crazy thing about it was he didn't even have the animal. He wanted me to know where he could purchase one at <laughs> to get it stuffed. And I'm like, um, I don't, I don't really know, sir. <laughs> Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your fearless host, Angie Scott. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast. On this week's episode, we're covering a topic that's not yet been covered on the show. I was introduced to Josette Robison. Josette is an avid hunter and angler, and she took her passion for the outdoors to the next level by becoming a taxidermist. She owns Trails and Taxidermy in Iowa. I thought it'd be really fun to have her on the show since I personally don't know a whole lot about taxidermy, and we've not covered it before. I really learned a lot, and I'm excited for you to hear our conversation. How did you, how did you get into it? So growing up, always loved the outdoors and where I'm from, we're in a really rural area and outdoors is kind of a big part of your lifestyle. And uh, so I started bow hunting when I was 11. And at the time, you know, we never had a lot of money growing up as kids. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to get my first year mounted or whatever. So that was kind of what interested me. Mm -hmm. And then um, as time went on I decided when I got out of high school that that was what I wanted to do was get into taxidermy because the whole hunting and fishing aspect you know right. was, was always where my interests lied so I went to Janesville Wisconsin and, and went to taxidermy school there and I've been doing it now for uh, nine years uh, in April okay so you're in you're in Iowa how do you pronounce the name of the town you're in Kiyosakwa. Kiyosakwa. Okay. What part of the state is that? Southeast Iowa. Southeast. Okay. And so you, you own uh, Trails and Taxidermy. That's your your shop? Yep. That's my shop right here at the house. Gotcha. Yep. That was going to be one of my questions if you have to go to school to learn how to do taxidermy, which I you mentioned you do, and I, I figured you did because it seems like there's a kind of a lot to it, uh, a lot of different probably methods for based on you know the oh, yeah. type of animal that you're you're mounting and it's kind of like an art form right yeah yep absolutely there's definitely an art form to it um it takes a lot of patience too that's the biggest thing but mm. yeah there's there's so many different aspects to taxidermy um you don't have to necessarily go to school for it mm. um you know if you could find a another shop and let somebody you know work under a taxidermist or or whatever. There's a lot of different revenues for mm -hmm. people to do it. But for me at the time, you know, the school was what I thought was the best thing to do. And it was hands on and, and all that stuff. Yeah. But yep. How do you, how do you practice to, to like learn it? Uh, so at the time when I went to taxidermy school, I really hadn't messed with it too much. Um, so I, you know, I just skinned out deer and stuff like that that we had you know, harvested, mm -hmm. but nothing taxidermy side of it. So when I got back from school, I had some stuff that I had saved up, you know, fish and, and other things and deer heads that I just practiced on myself okay. on my own stuff. Yep. Before I really went into offering it 
you know, to customers. If somebody wanted to get into it, do you recommend either kind of studying under somebody or going to a school to learn how to do it? Yep. Yep. If you can't find somebody to study under, then I would definitely go to the school. Mm -hmm. But I would try to find another taxidermist willing to kind of take you under their wing. Um, It's kind of tough because, you know, some people are afraid in the long run, you know, they're going to go get their taxidermy license and maybe potentially take their business, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can find a taxidermist pretty laid back and not worried about that kind of thing, they're usually pretty helpful. you know, wanting to help somebody on learning it. So, yeah. And are there a lot of people that do it? I mean, is it kind of, I don't know if it's, you know, people are still really interested in getting mounts created. So there's a pretty good demand for it, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like in my area, I'm from a really rural spot out here and just within, oh gosh, 50 miles of me, I think there's four or five shops. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Cool. So you stay pretty busy? Yeah. Yep. I actually took my business full time two years ago and it's been very successful. Um, And there's, I think there's three or four, uh, three for sure other full time shops, like I said, within 50 miles of me. Are you required to have a license in order to practice taxidermy? Yes. Yep. In the state of Iowa, where I'm at, we are required to have a license. Um, You don't have to be required. They don't make you like you have to go to school or anything like that. I did. But you do have to go ahead and get a license. And then prior to opening your business, you have to let your local DNR officer know that you're going to start taxidermy. Gotcha. And is a, is a licensing process difficult or is it basically just an, a fee and an application that you send in? For us here, it's the same as going and buying your fishing license, basically. Mm -hmm. We just go in and you tell them I need my taxidermy license and they go ahead and print it off for you. And it's good for a year at a time. Gotcha. And do you have a lot of like ongoing interaction with the the state conservation department as as being a taxidermist? Um, They usually, if they have questions about certain customers, you know, they'll call or I always help them out like with chronic wasting it's going on right now. Mm. So I always submit samples for them so they can do their testing and and stuff like that. And and the biologists, they're actually just down the road for me. So it's pretty handy to have them that close. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, that's convenient. (laughs) Yeah. So how many different skills does someone who's into taxidermy have to have? I mean, you're, you're, you're sewing, do you do airbrushing too? And like maybe some carpentry, like what, how many different skills do you have to have to to do this? (laughs) So I tell everybody you have to have a little bit of artistry, I guess, um, in you because it's definitely an art form. So yeah, airbrushing is a lot of it. Um, I use a lot of clay. So when you go to shape eyes, you kind of have to sculpt them in a little bit. Um, Definitely have to be good with a knife. Power tools, you have to be up on all of that. Um, Some carpentry is definitely involved to a a point because a lot of bases you have to make homemade if you don't get prefabricated ones already. Um, but yeah, you, there's, it's a, it's a wide variety, really. It's, it's crazy how much different, you know, things you need to know how to do that goes into it. Yeah. I'd say I'll, I've also read like, you know, now it seems like I, I imagine with like any other kind of, um, industry as, as we get more technology and things like that, you know, that kind of starts to change things. And I know people are doing like reproduction mounts now where it's, you're not actually mounting the actual animal. So you can go off of just a picture. Do you do any of that as well? 
So, yep, for the reproductions, that's uh, fish-based. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people are going that route. And, I mean, it's good practice, especially for the muskies. I know a lot of states practice catch and release for those. Mm-hmm. Um, and all your ocean fish, those are all replicas. Do you just do it on your own, or do you have anybody else that works in the shop with you? Nope, it's all me. Um, I do I do all my tanning myself, too, for my all my deer mounts and mammal mounts and stuff like that, which kind of helps me get the, the process going a little quicker and getting the jobs out the door quicker to the customer, not having to wait for all my stuff at a tannery to get back. Right. What's, like, uh, the most challenging to mount? Birds, which is why I don't do them. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. And I was just curious as to what the reason why would be. So the biggest thing with birds is the flushing process is one of them. So when you skin the bird out, you have all them feather tracks in there. And you you actually use a wire wheel. And that's how you clean it. And it's just, it's a pain in the butt, to be honest. I mean, it's a big pain. And then when you get it mounted... You have to go through and you shingle them. So every single feather, you've got to go through and put it back in its proper placement. Oh, wow. It's just hours. That yep. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. So I just decided, you know what? Um, I can do everything else, but forget that. <laughs> right. Well, I saw on your Facebook, though, you do do some stuff with like turkeys, just not full. Yeah. Bird. Okay. Yep. I just won't do the whole bird. Yep. That's right. What's like one of the craziest things that someone's ever asked you to mount? Oh, the craziest thing. I didn't do it, but this guy called me. He had a peacock that he wanted mounted all fanned out. And it was when I just got into taxidermy. Uh. And the crazy thing about it was he didn't even have the animal. He wanted me to know where he could purchase one at (laughs) (laughs) to get it stuffed. And I'm like, oh, Uh, I don't don't really know, sir. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of odd. (laughs) You're going to buy an animal to... I guess he'd have to kill it and then mount it. Oh yeah, he hadn't. He needed to know how to go about that, and I was like, okay, this was not what I was expecting. My first right. six months of business. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you get a lot of people that uh, like ask to like mount pets and things like that as well? I've had a couple of people ask about pets. I don't do pets or nothing like that. I'm strictly, you know, wild game. Okay. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, but I definitely had people ask about it. Mm-hmm. That's just something I never personally wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they definitely, I've, like I said, I think I've had three or four calls about it now. Gotcha. So what's the most common thing that you, that you do? White-tailed deer. Yep. White-tail. Okay. Is that your favorite or do you have something That's- else? Yeah, that's probably my favorite. Yep, I just because I love to hunt whitetail too, so that's gotcha. definitely the favorite. Yep, awesome. And how long does it usually take from start to finish? Like, how many hours on a whitetail, for instance? Um, I average about twenty-two hours per whitetail. That's oh. including the tanning process because I do all that myself and shop. So, yep. Is that pretty common? Do most taxidermists do their own tanning, or is that something they typically outsource? Yep, a lot of them outsource anymore. Um, yep, so there's not, there's a few around here that still tan and shop, but the majority of everybody that I know just sends it off to a big tannery. Gotcha, okay. And how many amounts do you do, like, per month on average? Just uh, I mean, part? if I can get 15 critters mounted each month, that would be great. Um, like, this year total, I took in around 115 jobs. Wow. 
with everything. Yep. And for me, I mean, I'm basically, I'm a one person shop, so it's Mm -hmm. pretty time consuming to keep up with that. Uh, Totally. Has it been busier this year because of more people are getting outdoors with lack of other activities going on? Uh, you know, for the most part, yeah. I mean, I took in some more fish here um, over the past few weeks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I haven't really seen a slowdown on my end because of the whole, mm-hmm. you know, COVID and all that. Right. So, yeah, it's, business has been good for me. Good. And has it been difficult? Like, how's supply, getting supplies been? Has that been a challenge? In the beginning, a couple months ago, when it really started, it was kind of a bummer. But now people are kind of finding ways to get around it. And my supply house, my main supply house, never shut down. So I didn't have, you know, a whole lot of downtime. I was able to pretty much keep going through. Got it. So if someone's looking to have a mount done, what are some of the important things that they should find out when they're they're researching or finding out which taxidermist they should take, take it to? Um, the biggest thing is if they have a website or a Facebook page, definitely look at their stuff, you know, before you just take one to somebody. And if somebody says they can do it half price or a friend of a friend, I don't know how many of those I've had come to me and they're like, please fix this, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and, and I'm sure that's happened to a lot of, you know, other taxidermists too. They see that. So just do your research on your taxidermist, get referrals. Um, and then if you have something and you're ready to bring it like fish, for example, if you want to do a skin mount, you should put it like a wet towel, make sure the towel's wet, wrap the fish in it and freeze it right away. Mm. Um, and then deer, same thing. You should skin it as quickly as you can and put it in the freezer before you can take it to the taxidermist, stuff like that, you know, just so you don't have your, your specimen spoil. Mm-hmm. And then what are some other things from your, your perspective that makes your job easier if customers um, did up front? Oh, so for example, deer, I mean, there's so many that people just, they don't know how to escape them off properly, skinning them. Mm-hmm. And if they would just let the taxidermist handle that, mm. that would be great. Because so many times they make unnecessary cuts and then you have to try to repair stuff. Um, I've had deer come in and it's missing part of its, it, the cape is what we call it, the, the part that you mount. And it'll be missing, you know, a quarter of it. And it's like, oh no, how do you fix this? It's gone. Gotcha. So that's the biggest thing. Yeah, just let the taxidermist handle it if you don't have any experience in skinning that stuff. Do you end up having to deal with like a lot of irrational people? Oh, it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it definitely happens. I think every business has to deal with that. But yeah, it seems like everybody thinks they know a little bit about taxidermy, um, the ones that are usually irrational. And mm-hmm. so they like to kind of give their two cents. For mm-hmm. example, I had a customer a few years ago and he brought me a deer to mount, but he he skinned it out and he left the hide in a five gallon bucket for three days. And it was about 80 degrees. It was really hot mm-hmm. in October. Mm-hmm. Well, that just doesn't work. Bacteria grows, you know, and it, it, call, it creates slippage. So the hair wants to fall out. So I tried to tell him that it wasn't usable. It was pretty much junk. And he told me that it was supposed to be green and smell bad because that's just how it is. And I'm like, no, (laughs) sir, that's not how this works. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you get a little bit of everything. Oh, I'm sure. So the only mount that I've ever had done personally was, and I don't hunt much. So um, I know like, you know, deer 
and things like that are really popular, but I, mm-hmm. I do fish. I love to fish, obviously. And so it was kind of a, a special story, but, uh, at, growing up in Minnesota, I grew up fishing for walleye. So it's just my favorite fish. And unfortunately here in Tennessee, the lake that I'm on isn't stocked with walleye. So I don't get opportunity to fish for walleye much. Um, but about five years ago, I bought my first pontoon and, uh, I named it, I named it Marble Eye after the walleye. So, um, you know, as that's my favorite fish, but it's kind of odd because like I said, the lake I'm on doesn't have any walleye in it. So every, every now and then I'll take my boat out and go to this other reservoir here that is stocked with walleye. It's called Lake Normandy. And the very first time I took my pontoon there, out on my own to try to catch a walleye, uh, we got one, um, within, uh, a couple hours of being out there. And it was like the biggest one that I've ever caught in my life. So actually my wife caught it and, uh, she thought she was hung on something and, uh, it was reeling it in and I'm thinking, oh, it's probably a catfish or something like that. And then I saw it turn and I saw the skin. I was like, oh my gosh, that's a walleye. Sort of freaking out because I could see how big it was, you know. <laughs> so we netted it and, uh, and yeah, so we, that one was pretty special because it was the first walleye I ever boated on Marble Eye <laughs> named after the walleye. So we felt like, you know, that would be a good one to actually have mounted. And so it's been hanging in the houseboat for a few years now. And I noticed it's like collecting dust. And so I kind of asked you offline, but um, probably other people are interested in like, what's the best way to go about kind of maintaining and keeping those mounts in good condition? On your walleye, was it a skin mount or was it a replica? It's a skin mount. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So what I would do is just get you a microfiber cloth mm-hmm. and put a little bit of Windex or uh, like, oh gosh, like a pledge, you know, a dust preventative spray. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. You don't want to soak the rag or nothing. And then just go ahead and lightly wipe the fish down and go with the scales, not against right. them. Right. <laughs> Yep. And don't, uh, you know, when you're on the fins, don't try to go to the edges and ruffle them up too bad. Just kind of, you know, wipe it nice and soft and smooth, you know, and, and that'll get 90% of that dust off. And I have a really soft brush in the shop, okay. uh, paintbrush. And you can go through that and, and knock the dust off first, even before you go through with the red. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Cool. Well, f- yeah. Uh, and what about like, if I did have like a buck or something like that is pretty much the same type of process or yep so once again i would just wipe as much dust off as you can first and then yep um that windex works really good once again um just put a little bit on there they also sell a stuff uh it's called cowboy magic and it's actually for horses okay and it's for grooming them and it's a you don't want oil you want oil free spray and you can use that too, or like I said, or the Windex and wipe the mounts down. And then I take a little bit of Windex on a Q-tip and clean the eyes up. Okay. Just kind of avoid the painted areas. You know, you don't want to touch them too much. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I appreciate that because I'm. I keep looking at. I'm like, I feel. I feel like I should be doing something to to keep make sure and this you know stays in a good condition. So. um I will definitely do that. Do you still get to get out and hunt much and fish and things like that too? Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely love to hunt and fish and bow hunting is my biggest passion. Okay. Um, and I, I get out there every fall. Yep. What, uh, do you have good fish fisheries in that area? 
It's not bad. Uh, the biggest thing here where I live is the Des Moines River, and it's a pretty good catfishing spot. We have flatheads and channel cats, and there's a few blue cats, but not very many. Okay. Um, and we do have walleye and songeye in the river as well, and some stripers and stuff like that. Nice. Um, and we have some pretty decent lakes around. My local lake, they just killed off in October, so that's kind of a bummer because it's only 10 minutes from the house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bummer, yeah. Uh, and do you have you ever tried bow fishing? Not yet. I really want to. Yeah. Seems like if you love bow hunting and you also love fishing, that that would be a cool thing to try. We had uh, Melissa Bachman on the show. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, um, but she has a TV show on the Sportsman's Channel called Winchester Deadly Passion and actually had her on the show to talk specifically about bow fishing um, because she's actually gone bow fishing offshore. So like in Florida. I actually just saw an episode because I've watched her show many times. Um, She just had an episode on, I think a week or so ago and she was bow fishing. Awesome. Yeah. She's got some, she's got some monsters (laughs) doing that. So um, definitely looks like fun. So yeah, if you're into bow hunting, you know, you'd think that would be a cool thing to try out because it's pretty similar a little bit different obviously (laughs) i would think maybe even a little more challenging to try to to get a fish in the water but yeah it might be it'd be a blast i'd love to do it yeah well hopefully you'll have an opportunity to try that out at some point are you online at all or do you have anywhere people could go kind of look at some of your work so all I have right now is just my Facebook page, which is Josette Robison. And then I put all my taxidermy is on there. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, I was looking at some of them. They're pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If anybody ever wants to try it, I mean, like I said, don't don't be afraid to ask somebody or, you know, go to your local shop because everybody's pretty helpful about it. You know, I mean, um, if you ever have questions, that's what I would tell somebody. Mm-hmm. If they're interested in learning it, and there's a bunch of YouTube videos too on how tos and you know tips like that. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. YouTube is a great resource. Um, I always I always wonder how people ever knew how to do anything back in the day before we had YouTube. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for um, taking a little bit of time to be on the show. And uh, I'll go to your, if you don't mind, I'll go to your Facebook page and just kind of pull some of those images off of there and uh, so I can share it on the website as well um, so people can kind of check that out and uh And yeah, so appreciate you being on. Sounds great. Thank you so much.